Welcome to Enduring Wisdom, the podcast companion you didn't know you were searching for. Together, we will practice how to identify and break down barriers standing in the way of our highest expression of authenticity and come out the other side by going through and through. The way out is through. Here is your host, Romeo Jesus Balayan. There are many situations that can lead a person towards feelings of depression. As a tribute to Mental Health Awareness Month, we will be discussing a few situations that can contribute to depressive thoughts. Our third topic will be parental abandonment. There are many ways we can feel abandoned by our parents. Some of those ways are emotional abuse, emotional neglect, favoritism, verbal abuse, physical abuse, drug addiction, alcoholism, molestation, infidelity, divorce, physical abandonment, and end-of-life transitions, just to name a few. As a result of a child's mind being young and underdeveloped, some of these instances can be too much for their brains to process and make sense of. Most, if not all, children are egocentric. That means they're designed to think only of themselves and their needs. This doesn't mean that they can't think of others or the needs of others, but everything almost always leads back to them. They internalize and make what is happening around them about them or because of them, partly because they are still growing and developing emotional maturity, awareness, and emotional intelligence. They're not yet at the stage to respond to life, so all they know how to do is to react or cope with life as it happens to them, around them, and within them. In most cases, their three levels of response is fight, flight, or freeze. Many don't have the power to fight what is going on around them or to flee from it, so they compartmentalize their experiences and remain frozen in their limited understanding of the situations, circumstances, and events that surround their lives. You see, when children are born, in most cases, the first people they see and come to know of are their biological parents. Before they even come to know God or the idea of God, they know their parents. In those early stages of development, bonding takes place, for in their eyes, their parents are the creators and ultimately, their God. The child grows to soak up their parents' reality and yearn for their approval, but in early stages, the child learns and discovers how he or she is attaching to his or her parental figure, and he or she is also learning and discovering if he or she trusts his or her parental figure by the interaction created from this early onset of growth and development. So much of what happens in early childhood development sets forth the groundwork and foundation of what is to come in the growth, development, and evolution of those young spiritual beings having a physical experience. But the dilemma that both children and parents run into is this idealized version of what this unique opportunity of parenting and child development should look like. We might imagine all parents who choose to have children actually making the conscious choice to have these children. We might even imagine emotionally mature, emotionally intelligent, and self-aware parents who have already done their internal work making conscious choices and informed decisions on birthing biological children or receiving children from adoption or foster care and coming together in unconditional love to give these tiny, innocent beings guidance, direction, and opportunities that they never received from their parents or simply due to the period and time that they grew up in. 
I'm a firm believer that each new generation receives a little more than the last generation, both in challenges and opportunities. And each is doing its best to navigate through those challenges and opportunities. We might imagine parents getting financially prepared to welcome a new life into this world and relying only on themselves to provide for their choice to create life. We might imagine present, connected, and selfless parents who are fully available for the lives that they have chosen to create and equip with the resources to do so. We might imagine these perfect little children, calm, obedient, and perfect in every way, doing exactly what the parents say when they say it. We might imagine children who aren't emotionally taxing and without any other needs other than Maslow's hierarchy of basic human needs, physiological, safety, social, ego, and self-actualization. But again, that is the dilemma because while some of these ideals exist, it isn't the norm or the majority, and children and adults need to ebb and flow with reality as it is really happening. The reality is that children don't come with instruction manuals, and in many cases, there are many children having children, or emotionally immature or frozen adults having children. But still, there seems to be the ideal version of parenting that is enforced and continually passed around throughout the consciousness of mankind. My assumption is this idealized version and expectation creates a lot of unnecessary pain because it is not rooted in reality. What is actually happening but rather rooted in desire, expectation, lack, want, or need, what is not happening or has not happened yet. It doesn't mean you can't want or desire the ideal version, but it is in your best interest to work with what you have by either accepting it in totality, changing it by improving it, or rejecting it by removing yourself from it and moving towards what serves you in the way you positively respond to it the most. The ideal version of any situation can create prolonged discomfort and add to situational depression if we become attached to these ideas, scripts, and scenarios that we have conjured up as necessities to make ourselves happy or create a good upbringing. The truth is, everything is perfectly designed to teach us what we need to know and make us who we are today. Each situation created a choice, a choice for us to continue what was given or a choice for us to interrupt it and create something different than what we know. Unfortunately, many people become so attached, they just unconsciously recreate what was given to them rather than being conscious and aware of it and assessing if it was serving them in a constructive way, then making an informed decision if they want to continue that trajectory or make alterations. The truth is we need these opportunities to teach us where we are and where we have been so that we can conceptualize where we are going and what it is going to take for us to get there. Unfortunately, as a result of what we perceive we didn't receive from our parents, this emotional attachment to lack can lead to deficiencies, lack of self-worth, and feelings of abandonment. It can also create separation and foster physical abandonment. If we are wise enough, we would take into consideration what our parents also did or did not receive from their parents or culture or the time and period that they grew up in. Some people are literally just running a race in life and passing on the baton of pain, hurt, and abuse to their offspring. They don't know any different because they too are frozen in their childhood experiences and therefore can't pass on anything different. It doesn't mean that it's okay or make it right. 
but it just is what it is. You can allow it to destroy you or choose to allow it to grow you. You can either keep running with the baton of pain that was handed to you or put it down and then run a new race. But first, I need to ask you, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Because those are the questions you will need to ask yourself moment to moment when choosing to run this new race and move through past, present, and future feelings, circumstances, and traumatic events relating to your parents or anything else that pains you. I am sure you are hurt that your parents weren't present or hurt that you felt abandoned by them. But whatever you perceive you're lacking because of what they couldn't give you, didn't know how to give you, or chose not to give you, is but an illusion. You are who you are because of what they were lacking and what they were able to supply, even if all they were able to supply were your genetics. That is sufficient and everything else can be improved, built upon, or developed. No one ever said that it had to be from them. Genetics do not create relationships. Free will, personal choice, and personal responsibility creates relationships. And as I said earlier, children are not being created from this ideal version of childmaking and parenting. Many pregnancies are not even planned or the result of hurt and toxic people pain bonding or escaping through the act of sex, protected or unprotected. So there has to come a point in time where you take a hard look at the situation as it really is and all of the supporting evidence to reveal the facts about the matter at hand. Some parents didn't intentionally abandon you. They couldn't even be there for themselves, more or less another human life. Who knows how your life might have been impacted negatively or positively if they would have been present. All these stories you tell yourself about what you needed from them are they really true? Are you not able to be the individual you desire to be with or without what you perceived you wanted or needed from them? Listen, from zero to 18 in American culture, our parents are responsible for raising us. In some other cultures, parents are only responsible from zero to 13. So from 13 or 18 on, you still have the opportunity to get guidance from many souls that the universe will supply you who choose you and are not forced to be there by any genetic ties, connections, or expectations. You only have to be willing and open to receive from many and all sources of love readily available to supply. The only way for you to get through parental abandonment is to learn their story, their experiences, learn where they got stuck, what they never received, and then relate it to what they were able to offer you or not offer you. You have to be willing to put yourself in their perspective, which may feel offensive because then who was left to nurture your pain? But again, I ask you, do you want to be right or be happy? Because hurt people indirectly or directly hurt other people, and your pain is most likely a result of their unresolved pain. So take the time and get to know their pain. It just might give you insight into your perceived pain and help you close the gap between what really happened between you and your parents, biological or adoptive, and what you think happened. Stop taking things personally. I know easier said than done. And stop making assumptions. Get curious about what you don't know, but first you have to abandon what you think you know. You see, people think healing is a destination. Incorrect. The most important thing to know about healing is that it is a never-ending journey until you take your last breath. 
One where you will have to face things about yourself and the people you perceived offended you. To reach a place where you are no longer impacted by thoughts, ideas, and expectations that used to impact you. Healing is like a muscle that you are always working to keep flexible, healthy, and strong. The more open and vulnerable you are in your journey, the more you will get out of it. The more rigid and closed you are in your journey, the more past events will linger and you will endure prolonged suffering. Everything has a time, place, and expiration date. And old past hurts and created suffering are no different. At some point, we must choose to be right or to be happy, to keep shrinking or to keep growing, to keep suffering or to keep healing. That is the decision we will need to make when addressing our parents, our upbringing, and any abandonments we may have felt, be it intentionally or unintentionally created, because there is a difference. But ultimately, the outcome, healing, is the same. No matter what meaning or weight we choose to give any of these experiences we have had in our lives. The good news about healing a wound into a scar is there will come a point in time when the things that used to create the most pain in your life or cause you distress will graze your mind and cause you no effect. You will feel nothing, no pain, no resistance, no hurt. Just awareness of the person, experience, or event that will forever be etched into the fiber of your being, forever a part of your history, but no longer ruling you or unconsciously controlling you. This is our hope for you. My Enduring Wisdom family, may you always remember that the only way out is through and through. Namaste. Thank you for listening to the Enduring Wisdom Podcast. We hope you end each episode one step closer to your authentic self. This world needs you, the authentic you. Please subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you will, share this message. For more Enduring Wisdom, visit facebook.com slash Enduring Wisdom. On Twitter, at Enduring Wisdom underscore. And Instagram, at Enduring Wisdom underscore.